This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2 and ESPNU. Listen to us on Sirius XM80 and all of our great stations across the country and the ESPN app, and you can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Oh, my God. (laughs) What happened last night? Oh, my God. 40-20, to the Chicago Bears beat the Washington Commanders. You know, the Bears, the team that won 14... No, they lost 14 in a row. <laughs> what happened last night? Man, if they were ever going to win one game, last night was oh the game to win. With the news that we got just before kickoff of the passing of Bears legend Dick Buckets, it felt like that was the time for this team to rise up. And credit to them for being able to get it done because I left this team for dead. So I want to apologize to everybody in that building, the people in the locker room, the coaching staff, the players, because I thought y'all were going to let go of the rope and last <laughs> night was anything but. And the highlight was the connection between Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Absolutely. Is this uh, the segment where we all go around in a circle and say my bad to Justin Fields I feel and like the Chicago we have to. Bears? I feel like we have okay, to. Okay, let me look in the camera. My bad. I thought that you guys had no shot last night. <laughs> so so my bad. Cece said my bad, Evan. My bad. My bad. My bad. On me. But you're right. You know what this felt like? Have you ever seen that TV show Snapped where women their husbands annoy them or are awful to them and they just snap and kind of kill them. I feel like the Chicago Bears snapped last night. Whether it was the news that they got of a guy who embodies what Chicago Bears and Illinois football is and Dick Buckus passing away, it just felt in watching this team last night like they had snapped. They had had enough and that there was no way, no how that they were going to end up losing the game because after coming out to that furious start, you were wondering in the second half if they'd be able to hold on. But they snapped and they came out and they proved a lot of people, including the three of us, wrong. There was was a time in the second half after the Bears were up 27-3 at the half. By the way, in that first half, Justin Fields had three touchdowns. DJ Moore had five catches, 137 yards, and two touchdowns in the first 15 minutes of the game. And total yards at halftime, 307-84. I mean, it was an absolute destruction. But there was a time in the second half, because they're the Bears, I'm thinking, could they actually blow this? And then Logan Thomas had the fumble for the Commanders, their tight end. But you look at what Justin Fields has done. He, is, he had four touchdowns last night. He had 11 carries, 57 yards. And the last two games for Justin Fields, eight touchdowns, one interception, 617 yards. He and DJ Moore looked like a legit QB wide receiver combination last night. Yeah, good things happen for Justin Fields when he throws the ball to DJ Moore. That's just the reality of it. When he's targeting DJ Moore, he has a 77 completion percentage, 531 passing yards, 15.2 attempt, and five touchdowns to no picks. When he's targeting all his other receivers, 44% completion percentage, 196 yards, 5.4 per attempt, and two touchdowns to three interceptions. So, number one, it's real simple. Throw the ball to number two. That that works. That's yeah. the combination. And then after we saw what the Eagles and A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts did to that same secondary four days before, yeah, Throwing to DJ Moore is a good idea. And shout out to DJ Moore for showing out when he went back home. University of Maryland product, the guy came through in fine fashion, was really the tip of the spear when it came to the Bears getting that win. But there's also the other side of this game, which is Washington, a team that I've been high on, really not showing up to play at all. I mean, after an inspiring performance pushing the Philadelphia Eagles to overtime, the reigning defending NFC champs, you come out there and fall flat the way that you did last night? In your own building with Magic Johnson in attendance? 
I mean, Magic tweeted about it last night. It was an absolute embarrassment the way that that team played, especially in the first half. When you get ripped by Magic Johnson on Twitter, that has to be rock bottom. He's literally the, the nicest guy, guy in the world. He's a Wikipedia on Twitter normally. It's like the Bears won 40 to 20. Back to you, Bob. I mean, that's, that's Magic Johnson on Twitter, and he was critical of his team last night. Reminder, he is a uh, minority owner of the team. Josh Harris, the majority owner of the team. But Magic Johnson, at Magic Johnson on Twitter, uh, tonight the commanders play with no intensity or fire. We didn't compete in the first half and got de- – here's the Wikipedia part – and got down 27-3, hit it, heading into <laughs> halftime. It was too big of a hole to climb out of, and that is why we ended up losing 40-20. to 20, Right? But the first part, you never see from Magic Johnson. We didn't compete with any intensity or fire. And if you're someone that was watching that game last night, and I was thinking about Chris Canty, CC over here, saying keep an eye on these guys, maybe they could be something this year, I'm still waiting for them because they were – this was their spotlight game last night – and they got trounced by the Bears. The bigger story is the Bears. There's no question about yeah. it. Yeah. But the, the footnote to this game is they got the Washington Commanders. And we were talking about recalibrating expectations for them. No, 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 no. Nobody recalibrate yeah. any expectations for them because just when you want to buy into this team, they perform the way they did yesterday, especially in the first half. Why were you down 25 points at halftime? Because your first offensive possessions in that first half went as follows. Three and out, three and out, field goal pick in the half. That, that, that's just not good enough. That's not good enough. They've got to find a way to be more consistent. It's one thing to be a second-half team. It's another thing to just not show up in the first half in any games at all. And the latter is what the Washington Commanders are. But, I mean, the Chicago Bears took advantage of their opportunity early on. They didn't blow the lead, which is more than we could say for what they did last week, blowing a three-touchdown lead to the Denver Broncos. So it's a relatively young team. They built the lead again. They found a way to finish. They deserve all the credit in the world. Justin Fields, DJ Moore, of course, those are the two guys that stepped up and made the difference. All right, so now here's where we go with this, because this is now the interesting angle to all of this. <laughs> the Chicago Bears have been awful this year. They have had so much drama. The defensive coordinator resigns. They have Justin Fields coming out against the coaching staff, the coaching staff having to defend themselves. They get their facility basically, like, robbed, in essence, or whatever happened where they lost all that yeah, equipment. equipment. Yeah, Right. So now we're sitting here, we're like, wait a minute. That drama's out the window. Don't forget about the Claypool stuff. The Claypool stuff. Good point, Smalls. Thank you. Chase Claypool, the guy they traded a second-round pick for, a wide receiver, who had some, probably today, though, cut. I was Riding high, This just let's throw this under the They should have cut him. <laughs> they should have actually cut him in-game last night. Cut him during the game. Just bury the story. Just bury the story. Because it's not a story of, with Justin Fields. But now, we're sitting there. The guy that played quarterback last night, legitimately, in my eyes, looked like a franchise quarterback. The problem is we also have the body of work for the previous 14 games that they lost in a row. So now, what do you do if you're the Bears? Do you sell high or is he the guy? I do not want to be the one to make that decision because he looked like the guy last night. This is exactly what we were hoping for out of Justin Fields in the offseason and the preseason. What did we say? We know he can do it with his legs. Can he get it done with his arm? We're giving him a number one target in DJ Moore. We've seen that chemistry. He was throwing darts to him last night. He made some unbelievable throws and unbelievable plays. And as I'm watching this, guys, last night, I'm thinking about the Detroit Lions, who started 1-6 and six last season. Then they went 8-10. and 10. They are on the precipice of the playoffs. That's what we wanted from the Bears this season. But what if it just doesn't – they got off to a slow start and it takes a while for them to get cooking. If you're the Bears, don't you want to find out about Justin Fields? Don't you want to know if he can, in essence, be the guy? But then I'm also thinking we essentially said Matt Eberflus was out. He was coaching for his job last night. So do you want to give him more runway to find out? 
I, if, the, if I'm the Chicago Bears, I would rather definitively know about Justin Fields than not. Sell higher. He's the guy, CeCe. Oh, sell high. <laughs> no, nothing about what I've seen last night and, for that matter, the last two weeks makes me change my opinion on Justin Fields. If he's the guy, do we lose 14 straight games between the end of last year and the beginning of this year? Probably not. I mean, Peyton Manning got drafted into as bad a situation as you could go to with the Indianapolis Colts in the late 90s. He never lost 14 games in a row. Like, I'm just saying, if they're a true franchise quarterback, those dudes usually find ways to get their team on the right side of outcomes at some point, right? We'll see the inconsistency, and that comes along with being an immature player at that position. Mm-hmm. But eventually, those guys start to round in the form and figure it out. I, I just, even if Justin Fields does figure it out eventually, if you're this franchise, you have to think long and hard about not passing on a crop of quarterbacks, not once, but twice. Think about it. You passed on C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. The opportunity cost on passing on a quarterback at the top of the 2024 draft class, when they're saying that this could be the best class in decades, I just don't know if you can go down that road. And then, Smalls, the financial aspect of this also factors into the math, too. I was told there would be no math on this show, but I feel like I need to go here anyway. Please do. But reset the quarterback uh, contract clock, right? Because Justin Fields' fifth-year option is, is they have to make a decision on that in the spring of 2024. I mean, usually if they're going to pick up the option, they're going to work out an extension. Do you really want to commit $40 million a year plus to Justin Fields, or would you rather reset that clock when it comes to the money at the quarterback spot, knowing that your team is not ready to win anyway? This is a multi-year rebuild that the Chicago Bears are going to have to go through in order to get to a place where they can have sustained success. It just makes sense for them to go down that road simply because – the financial aspects of it, and the question marks that are outstanding around Justin Fields. But when you draft a quarterback high, it's a coin flip that that person is going to end up being a franchise guy, right? Mm -hmm. And what if the environment that you put Justin Fields in was so dysfunctional and you didn't give him the tools that he needed to grow and then you move on from him and he has great success elsewhere. And then you draft another guy, and you once again, if you're Chicago, don't put him in the right position. I just imagine the worst-case scenario for Bears fans, that they draft a quarterback that doesn't turn out to be the guy, and Justin Fields goes on somewhere else and becomes a superstar. Well, here's the, here's the catch to all of this, and, and the debate of sell high or he's the guy. The catch to all of this is they have the Panthers pick. And that throws a unique dynamic into right. this, because... The Panthers right now have the single best chance at the number one overall pick, which means the Bears get their pick. So theoretically, you could split the difference. You could let him play out the rest of the season. If he's your guy, you use the Panthers pick and your pick for something else. If he's not your guy, you still may end up with the number one pick in the draft. It's just the guy we saw last night feels like the guy. But as we have pointed out, they have lost four or had lost, excuse me, 14 straight games Mm. prior to that. Mm. That is not a small number. We can't simultaneously say Brock Purdy is the guy because he's helped the the Niners win all those games and then not acknowledge the other part, which is the opposite, is who's the quarterback of the team that helps him lose the game? This is where this is an impossible question and where I think that that Panthers pick plays a huge role because if they only had one pick, I'd say he's not the guy. Because they have two... I'd let it play out a little bit. Yeah, but we've talked about how this is a dysfunctional organization. If we're talking about bringing Justin Fields back in 2024 and drafting a quarterback first overall, then whose team does it end up being? No, no, I I get that. I'm saying for the rest of this season, because you have pointed out, which is an interesting one, maybe they just do it today, right? Like they just call the Falcons. All right, 
Do or die offer. Yeah. You got to let us know by the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, see, to me, that's the route that they have to go because you don't want to devalue Justin Fields by letting him get hurt. Look at how we played last night. This is a guy when he's, you know, at his best, he's instinctive. He's going to take off. He's going to stretch to play out. He's going to use second reaction, use his legs to extend it down. The downside to doing that is that you could potentially get banged up. You can get hurt. And so I just look at it from the standpoint of a guy that has some injury history in his three-year career. I just feel like you move on from him and you get what you can get from him. After teams see what happened the last couple of weeks, it's hard to think that you wouldn't get a premium pick, a second-round pick, or multiple mid-round picks for Justin Fields. Uh, If you're the Atlanta Falcons and they call you today – Second rounder, we need to know by the end of the day. You have to make that trade. You have to make the you trade. You have to. I don't know that the Bears would, but the, the Fal- theoretically the Falcons but, move, you have to. Yeah. You yeah. have to. All right, we're going to continue this conversation. We want to hear from you guys. We're going to put you as an NFL GM on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Justin Fields, is he the guy or do you sell high? Plus the passing of a legend in Chicago. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, coming off of a huge win, unexpected win last night by the Chicago Bears over the Washington Commanders, 40-20 to in D.C., and before the game, of course, the Bears and the football world found out the sad news about all-time great linebacker Dick Buckus passing away at 80 years old. He gets into the Hall of Fame, I believe, in 1979, nine-year career, known as one of the nastiest hitters, eight-time Pro Bowler. What's interesting, I did not realize this. In his nine years, he never played in the playoffs, mm-hmm. which I did not realize. Yeah. Only had a couple of winning seasons there in Chicago Nobody better to hear from than Michael Wilbon, of course, PTI, and Chicago native, and talked yesterday, Wilbon did, on the 6 p.m. Eastern Sports Center on ESPN about the loss of Dick Buckus. Dick personified Chicago. He's from Chicago. He didn't just play for the Bears. He grew up on the south side of Chicago, went to Chicago Vocational School. There was nothing fancy about him. He grew up on the south side. He and, and Ray Nitschke, who obviously played the great Packer linebacker, these were like the toughest guys. I was scared of them as like a grown man. I was scared to like walk up to them and say hello. And the irony is that Dick was so funny. I mean, he made his living after football sort of making fun of himself and his, with his, using his great sense of humor. Um, but he was <laughs> devastation describes it all. And somehow 
started pocket dialing, butt dialing, Dick Buckus, oh, the great no. Dick oh. Buckus. I was, I, I was terrified. So oh. one night I get this phone call at like 2 a.m. and it's Buckus growling into the phone. Hey, what are you doing <laughs> butt dialing me? I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry, Mr. Buckus. And this legendary laugh comes out over the phone at the other end. And he, then he wanted to ask, he wanted to talk about another Southside kid, Derrick Rose. And he said, you seen Derrick Rose play? Have you seen this kid play? Is he tough? Is he good? And it was just, it, it was who he was. He, he, he lived in California. He lived in Hollywood. He, he became that. But his heart was always back where he grew up, where we grew up. You know, so many interesting things there from Wilbon. Obviously, none of us saw him play live, right? We, it was before mm-hmm. our time. But he's known as one of the nastiest hitters, one of the nastiest defenders of all time. And what I think was so interesting outside of butt-dialing Butkus was interesting <laughs> there was the idea of being from somewhere and then playing there. And you did that, CC. Being from New York and then playing in New York was probably different for you than playing in Dallas and Baltimore, saying nothing negative about them. But what is that experience like? Well, I think it makes it that much more special when you're able to have success. Now, Buckets never had the team success, but he had the individual success and would be known to define what it meant to play the linebacker position at a high level during that era of football. I mean, you're talking about right around the AFL-NFL merger, and Dick Buckets was the most fearsome defender in that span. You're talking about a player that – you know, essentially was a three-down linebacker in the era when we start talking about the importance of three-down linebackers because they throw all the ball around the yard in 2023. This guy was a three-down linebacker in the 60s and 70s. He had 22 interceptions in his nine-year career, at least one interception every single season. And this was a mountain of a man. He was 6'3", 250 pounds. He was huge back then in terms of the the, the size of the players. And, and so Dick Buckus was probably the most intimidating physical force in the middle of any defense during that two decade span that he played in. So I just I I I there are a few players when you just say the last name, it resonates with everybody. Past, present, and future. Buckus is one of them. And you know exactly what that word means when you say buckus. It's toughness. It's inciting fear into the opposition. As somebody that grew up in Illinois and went to the University of Illinois, he's not just the personification of Bears football. Same thing with Illinois. That's kind of the identity and the culture that they always want to get back to is can we play football or have the the culture and the identity of a Dick Buckus type player? Can we make sure to get people in this organization or at this university that have the toughness and the ferocity that somebody like Dick Buckus does? And for us, younger <coughs> generation, excuse me, we remember him a little bit also on television and movies because he was in that TV show on Saturday mornings on NBC, Hang Time, mm-hmm. which we watched as kids right by with like Saved by the Bell, California Dreaming or whatever mm-hmm. it was called there and uh pat costello one of our producers had no idea what we were talking about when we referenced that the 90s sitcom earlier so yeah for the younguns out there go look it up dick butkus legend but also a tv star he certainly would have been happy and watching from above last night i'm sure with the way in which his bears play and we talk about justin fields and now there's an interesting conversation sell higher is he the guy mike in chicago listening on sirius xm 80 joins us on the dr pepper call in line what's up mike hey good morning morning uh that is clearly one of the dumbest uh, things I've ever heard to trade Justin Fields. For who? Caleb Williams, another quarterback, great quarterback in USC. Please stick with Justin Fields, play defense, draft defense, run the ball. That's fair football. Don't draft another quarterback. Rebuild, keep rebuilding again. Don't do it. 
Are you ready to pay Justin Fields $40 million a year? They paid Daniel Jones $40 million. They How's that working out for the Giants? That's your example? You paid Daniel Jones $40 million, so we should do it too? We're going to follow another <laughs> dumb franchise and do what they did, and that's going to be our solution to try to win football games, to be more competitive? That's the answer? Oh, they paid Daniel Jones $40 million. Let's pay it to <laughs> Justin Fields too. That's ridiculous. What are we talking about? Like, that's, that's the part that people have to consider. Justin Fields' fifth-year option for 2024, well, it would be 2025, is $23.25 million. If you're the Chicago Bears, you have to make a decision about that this coming offseason. That is your baseline for negotiations. We know that the quarterback market is going to continue to increase. Are you willing to commit those types of cap resources to Justin Fields for the foreseeable future? Knowing that this has been a very inconsistent player. Knowing that there's a wide variation of what you're going to get from week to week and what he's been able to do. It just doesn't make sense to me, Smalls. Yeah, I don't I don't know if saying the Bears paid Daniel or excuse me, the Giants paid Daniel Jones, so the Bears should pay Justin Fields is the barometer that you want to use. No, know? not not exactly where you're gonna go on that one. <laughs> Listen, if he's the guy that was last night, you'd pay him that. But that that's a one off, unfortunately. Keith in Chicago watching on ESPN two. What's up, Keith? Hey, good morning. How you doing? Morning. Um, this is my thing, County. I hear what you're saying. You have to realize it's a seventeen. The 17 guys. Last year's team, they were tanking. Look at that offensive line from last year. Terrible. Look at the uh, weapons around them. Terrible. Okay? When they went into these zones, they started scoring points. They were scoring, what, 20, 25 points a game? But the defense couldn't stop a cold. My thing of it is, you don't want to take Justin or anything. You want to take your time and take a, a good look at this kid. You know, and I feel you. I feel what you're saying, but you got to make sure – and wait and, and let it pan out and see how this team's going to do. But, but, but my, my, I guess my point is you've already passed on a crop of quarterbacks. Are you willing to pass on another crop of quarterbacks? That that becomes the question. Like, like you're talking about passing on, you know, you, you already passed on C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. This year you would be passing on Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., Shadour said, like, are you willing to pass on that many quarterbacks for the possibility that Justin Fields could be the guy? That's still a huge question mark. Everybody sits here and says, no, you got to put more around Justin Fields. Well, they did that this offseason. And you started out 0-3, and you look like the embarrassment in the National Football League. You were the laughing stock before that win last night. So let's not jump out of the window for one good performance for Justin Fields that leads to a win. Most of the time when he's putting up video game numbers, his team loses. 14. He's won, what, six games as the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears? And he's been starting for over three seasons? What th- what are we talking about? Well, and that this is the thing. Everything you're saying is 1,000% fair and factual. I do think the fact they have that Carolina pick throws a wrench into all of this, right? Because they can split the difference a little bit and say, let's, let's give them a few more weeks. Now, here's the thing. By giving them a few more weeks, his value could also go down. But here's the problem with that. If you're giving them a few more weeks and you still end up drafting a quarterback, then you could potentially lose draft capital because you're not getting Justin Fields or you're not selling Justin Fields at the height. There are teams that are desperate right now to upgrade the quarterback spot. That's why you make a move. If you can get a second-round pick for Justin Fields, you do that today. You don't wait until the trade deadline in Week 8. You make the move now because you don't know what's going to happen over the next three games before the deadline. If Justin Fields gets nicked up and he can't be available for an extended period of time, teams ain't trading for him. 
And, and if you're waiting until the offseason, he might have devalued his stock by the time you get the chance to move him next spring. So it just makes sense to move on from him now because we keep asking the question about whether or not he's the guy. And Bill Parcells told this to me a long time ago. If I got to keep asking the question about whether or not you're the guy, the answer is eventually going to be no. I'm already there with Justin Fields. I don't know why Bears fans wouldn't be there as well, given what they've seen the last three years. Because last night could certainly enamor you with the shock of winning that game. That's for sure. Coming up next, who is a bigger liability to their team Super Bowl hopes? Dak or Brock Purdy? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. You can watch us on ESPN2, ESPNU. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, who's suited up today. You'll get him on Get Up. You'll get him on First Take. Hello. Looking good. Got the cufflinks, got the nice Appreciate tie, the you, shirts. Thank you, thank you, thank He's you. fancy, huh? Thank you. And me, Evan Cohen here on ESPN <laughs> Radio. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. And, of course, you can get us in the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Well, we're going to get back to your phone calls. People are hot, as are we, on this Justin Fields Bears win last night. Sell high or he's the guy. But the game of the weekend, at least how we're billing it, who knows if it ends up that way, the, the uh, Cowboys and the Niners. Mm-hmm. And Nuno, our producer had it pitched us an interesting question. Which QB is a bigger liability to their team's Super Bowl hopes, Dak or Brock Purdy? And I was thinking about this when he asked this question. I'm a Dak fan. You know that. Dak has given us reason to think he could be a liability. I'm I'm in on that. Okay. Has Brock Purdy given us any reason to think he's a liability, or are we being asked to assume that he could be a liability? Well, we're being asked to assume because it's such a small sample size, but he hadn't showed us anything in his, what, 12 starts? That he's would done make nothing us think wrong, that he's right? a good quarterback. Yeah, he's leading the league in QBR. Yeah. The guy is money against the blitz. He's great in the red zone. He operates the offense at a high level. I, I haven't seen anything that would make me believe that Brock Purdy's not a good quarterback. I think people – Look at the arm talent and the, the physical traits and say you wish you had a quarterback that had more dominant skill sets, more dominant tools. But in terms of being able to play the position, Brock plays it as good as damn near anybody in the National Football League. I think we want to assume that maybe he'll have a stumble because of where he was drafted. 
Yeah, you know, he's he's not a number one overall pick. We didn't expect this from him, so we therefore expect him to show himself to be who we expected him to be. If you could follow the bou- the bouncing ball with the expectations yeah. there, but you mentioned he leads the league in QBR, he leads the league in quarterback rating, seventy two point three completion percentage, which is the third best in the NFL, mm. and zero interceptions so far this season. He's done every single thing that has been asked of him at a high level, and not only do I trust him more, even though it's a small sample size, I trust him with Kyle Shanahan more. Yeah, and do you? You guys look at it in the locker room and on the on the field, CC. Like if if a guy comes out of nowhere and he's playing really well for you, sixth, seventh round pick, whatever it is, undrafted guy. Do you sit there and say at some point this guy's going to show that he's no? A, you don't no because what <laughs> happened with Tony Romo? Remember, yeah. Drew Bledsoe was the starting quarterback in two thousand and five and halfway through two thousand and six. And with Drew Bledsoe, it was only going to be one or three outcomes when you drop back to pass. It was going to be a sack, an in, uh, incompletion, a catch, or a pick. So it's just, Drew Drew Bledsoe was sack, completion, pick. That's it. Right. And Bill Parcells got tired of that, and he said, you know what, we're going to go with this guy that's on the practice squad, this guy that's undrafted out of Eastern Illinois. We're going to give him a chance, and we're going to see what happens. And Tony Romo got in against the Giants in the second half of a game in Texas Stadium, played really, really well. And as a defense, we're looking at this and saying, hell, if he's going to play like that, we got a shot, boys. We end up (laughs) riding that momentum into the playoffs now. It didn't end well in the playoffs up in Seattle that year with Tony Romo with the botched field goal snap. But we felt like this dude gave us a chance. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing that you look for when it comes to your quarterback. And that's the thing that this 49ers team sees around Brock Purdy. And that's why John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan felt comfortable enough to move on from a guy like Trey Lance, a player that they invested three first-round draft picks in order to move up to take. They they moved on from two guys, if we think about it. I mean, they moved on from Jimmy G, who was the quarterback for them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right? but Jim, the caveat around Jimmy G is the injury history. No, right? I know, but I'm yeah. saying that somebody else wanted him. The Raiders wanted him. It's not like you know nobody wanted him. Trey Lance is a backup on the Cowboys, and so I guess that could be a tiny little storyline this week also. Yeah. But, but what you just confirmed is Nuno's assumption about us as fans and media does not work in the locker room. It's not like the Niners – it's not like – they're sitting back, and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Debo and Brandon Ayuk are sitting there saying, when's this guy going to screw up? They don't think – they are probably absolutely convinced he's the guy. So to answer the question about more of a liability, it has to be Dak, and I'm a Dak fan because he's shown us more mistakes. Yeah, Simple as that. He's got 36 turnovers in his last 34 games. So, oh. like, that, that's – that's what we're looking for. And Jerry Jones called Dak out by name the beginning of this week. He says, and I quote, if we maximize what we're doing with Dak and execute, there's no reason physically, no reason scheme-wise, that we shouldn't go out there and play well enough to win a football game. That's what the owner said about his quarterback. That's what he said. So if Jerry is looking at it that way, why shouldn't we look at it that way? Like when we start talking about this game being a litmus test – Hell, the Dallas Cowboys, everybody in that building has been talking about that all week, how this is a measuring stick game. Then then we have to look at whether or not the quarterback can be the difference. And these two teams are evenly matched. Last year, 49ers, seven Pro Bowls, Cowboys, eight Pro Bowlers. I mean, it's Kyle Shanahan, three conference championship game appearances, McCarthy, four conference championship game appearances. Both have top five scoring offenses and defenses. These teams are about as even from a talent standpoint as you could possibly ask for. So if you're the owner of the team, what do you need to be the difference? The quarterback. The guy that I'm paying $40 million a year. The guy that's going to ask for $55 million a year after the season. 
Show me you deserve that kind of money in these types of ball games. The reason why we don't trust the Dallas Cowboys to do high-level winning is because oftentimes they're on the wrong sides of these games, whether it's regular season or postseason. 888-SAY-ESPN. Telephone number to join us in the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We've been getting your phone calls in. Justin Fields and the Bears last night. Unbelievable performance. What do you do now? Sell high or is he the guy? Ahmad in Chicago listening and watching on ESPN2. What's up, Ahmad? Yeah, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? First cool. off, love the show. Appreciate you guys. And rest in peace to Mr. Buckus. Um, but I want to jump right to it. Sell high. Um, we've already seen enough tape. Football's all about tape. What they put on tape for Matt Eberflus, that defense, everything. Eberflus is out of there. I feel we sell high. Send him to Atlanta. He's already voiced he doesn't like the cold weather. And why not get some assets? Caleb Williams already, you know, I listen to the murmurs of what they're saying. Caleb Williams wants to come to an organization that makes sense. Chicago, hey, show that we can make sense with more capital. Get Marvin Harrison, him, build upon that. And what Bear fans going to do? It's already what been a dumpster fire. I mean, I, what's worse can we do besides start over? And we're not competitive enough to pay someone $40 million, So I feel we sell high. I like Justin Fields, the person, but start over with Caleb Williams, try to get Marvin Harrison and go from there. Yeah, I mean, there is something to that. I would also, by the way, now that we're playing uh, hypothetical GM, which I love doing, you guys know, I'm actually going to ask for Desmond Ritter in return if I'm the Bears. Give me somebody for the rest of the season, just a stopgap guy. Yeah. I'll ask for him, too. Yeah. It's fine. Second rounder doesn't matter. <laughs> Why not? Throw yeah. in the mix with Tyson Bates and, and Nathan Peterman. Yeah, and fine. we'll just do the round robin with yeah, the quarterbacks. Good. But here's what I'll say. I'm not telling the Chicago Bears to sell Justin Fields or to trade Justin Fields because I don't think he has potential. I'm not saying that at all. Right. What I'm saying is it just makes most sense based on where they're at with their program development to move on from him because you still have legitimate questions about whether or not he can be more consistent in what he does and whether or not his style of play can lead to your team doing winning. Like, that's the thing. He's got 25 starts. He's got six wins. Yeah. Uh, you lost 14 straight games. So there are still questions about whether or not Justin Fields' raw talent leads to success. I get that a quarterback drafting him is going to be a coin flip. I understand that. But why not make that – why not take that leap and make that chance if you're talking about a guy being a lot cheaper for the next three or four years? That's, to me, the ultimate factor in deciding whether or not to move on from him. A Nas in Atlanta watching on ESPN2. What would you do if you ruled the world, Nas? Hey, man. Listen, first off, Canty, you a hater, dude. Like, why are you going so hard in Justin Fields? Like, he doesn't have the best coaching staff in the world. Wait a minute. No, what, I'm what, 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 what are you talking about? I, how did I go hard on Justin Fields? I just said them trading Justin Fields is not an indictment on Justin Fields. I, I literally just said that. What are now, you talking about, Nas? Nas, it's an indictment. He's get, If there's an indictment on anyone, I think Chris is indicting the Bears. He's saying, you haven't done a good enough job investing in this guy and making him into something. Right. Now you're at a point where you're better off going to the number one pick. Yeah. And that's yeah, that, well, it's the not people, about people are going to want to hear what they want to hear. All I'm simply saying is this. Justin Fields has a tremendous amount of physical ability. That ability has not been harnessed for whatever reason and translating into team success. So you move on from him and you see if you can get somebody in there. And while you're developing a young quarterback, you got him on the cheap. The, the most valuable commodity in the NFL is a starting quarterback on a rookie deal. Well, guess what? Time is up for Justin Fields on his rookie contract. You got to make a decision. You got to make a financial commitment. It doesn't make sense to him to play 40 plus million dollars a year for a quarterback when your team ain't going to be doing no winning. Coming up, we go four downs. It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is four downs. First down. Yes, it is time for four downs on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Four downs brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save. By the way, the Bears didn't even need four downs last night. Not time. at all. They need first down, <laughs> second down. Now we're good. Yeah. We'll just start a DJ Moore and destroy the commanders. All right, Smalls, what do you have for us first down? Okay, first down, guys. Eagles at Rams. It's at 4.05 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Question for you. Do you think the Eagles will stay undefeated? Yes, the Eagles will stay undefeated. Matt Stafford is dealing with that hip injury that he suffered in the second half of that Colts game. He's going to be a sitting duck. And the pass rush for the Philadelphia Eagles leads the NFL in total pressures. They sacked Sam Howell five times in their win uh, over the Commanders uh, last week. So I just think that they're going to get after Matt Stafford, and if Matt Stafford can't have production in the passing game, the Rams have no shot. I'm going to say no. They will not stay undefeated. I think the Eagles are awesome. I think they have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. I think the Rams have been a little bit better than people actually give them credit for. They're probably going to get Cooper Cup back this weekend. They may have the best wide receiver duo in the entire league in in uh, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that because we haven't seen Puka Nakua play with Cooper Cup, but I think LA's mega station, 710 ESPN, are going to be thrilled on Monday. They're going to beat the Eagles. What a pick Nakua's turned out to be. Okay, a battle between one and three teams. Who thought that this would be the case between the Bengals and the Cardinals? Do you think the Bengals have the most pressure to win this week out of any team on the slate? Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I already think their season is over, but it's over, over if they lose to the Arizona Cardinals. And don't take my word for it. Just listen to Joe Burrow. He's talking about how this is a must-win game, and we're in week five against the Arizona Cardinals. This is not the team that was in back-to-back conference championship games because the quarterback in the Joe Burrow jersey hasn't played like we've known Joe Burrow to play like through his first three years of his career. So this is absolutely a must-win game. And the Arizona Cardinals are a real feisty team, especially at home. I'm going to say no. It's not a must-win for this reason. I listened to this guy sitting to my left. He already (laughs) wrote off the Bengals. How could it be a must-win for a team that's done? 
So I'm li- I listen to Canty. Canty didn't listen to Canty. Next one, Smalls. Yeah, if you if you're talking about pressure, I would say the Dallas Cowboys certainly have the most pressure to win this week out of mm. anyone. If the Bengals are done, if mm. they're done. All right, the Saints at the Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Do we overvalue Derek Carr? No, because I don't think anybody looks at Derek Carr as a top ten quarterback in the NFL. He's a good leader. I mean, we've seen him have leadership moments a couple of years ago when the Raiders moved on from John Gruden. We said. This guy steadied the ship with everything that that, was, that organization was dealing with at the time. But I don't think anybody has ever looked at Derek Carr as an upper echelon quarterback. We always looked at him as an average to above average quarterback. And I think that's about what he's shown us this year in New Orleans. He's all right. He's all right. He's, <laughs> he's fine. No, he's all right. Like, that's how it, he's fine. Nobody thinks he, if you think Derek Carr is a star, you're not watching Derek Carr. He's not a star. He's a good football player who's an average middle-of-the-pack quarterback. I don't think that anyone should look at this guy as a star in any way, shape, or form, and I don't think we've overvalued him. But I think a lot of people thought he gets out of the Raiders organization. He goes to a division where he's obviously, or at least we thought, the best quarterback in the division. <laughs> maybe maybe a change of scenery will allow him to take another step forward. Was it Josh McDaniels? Was the organization holding him down? Let's not act like there weren't those conversations around Derek Carr heading into the season. Yeah, you're right. But he's he's fine. He's, he's all right. Yeah, I, I would say there were those conversations, but no people longer. but people weren't being real, realistic. And when you're in a division where Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback, that's an indictment on what you are as a player and the ceiling on the team is going to be with you as the quarterback. You know what, CeCe? I feel like some of us, me included, have been warped based on Peyton Manning switched teams, they won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady switched teams, they won a Super Bowl. On a lesser level of, of ability, Matthew Stafford switched teams, won a Super Bowl. Yep. So now we kind of have it in our head, like, oh, could the guy who switches teams That's now That's a good point. This is not that level of quarterback. But I think we all looked at upgrading with Derek Carr as this quantum leap from Jameis Winston and whatever they were doing with Taysom Hill, and it just <laughs> hasn't been for an offense that has Michael uh, Michael Thomas back healthy, Chris Olave, Juwan uh, Johnson, and, and Alvin Kamara. They have a lot of weapons. They have a good offensive line, but it hasn't looked as explosive as we've wanted it to look. Now, Derek is a little banged up. We'll see, but even when he was healthy, it just wasn't – what we all expected. So from that standpoint, yeah, we might have overvalued him, but I don't think on the whole anybody is looking at Derek Carr and saying this guy is an elite quarterback. All right, let's go to fourth down and swing to the game that's going to undoubtedly have the most eyeballs on it, not because it's the best matchup, but because Travis Kelsey's playing in it and the Chiefs at the Vikings, 425 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. The question is Taylor Swift going to be there, guys? Is she going to be in the crowd in Minnesota there to support her man? Three weeks in a row, this would make it. Smalls, I'm moving. I'm, I'm in on it. I'm in on Taylor Swift <laughs> okay. being around the NFL. I'm going to say she shows up. The NFL is behind it. Travis Kelsey's all about it. Like I think it's a mutually beneficial relationship between Taylor, Travis, and the NFL. And all parties involved recognize it over the last two weeks that this is good for business. So I think she's going to be in Minneapolis. I think she's going to continue to follow her man throughout the NFL season, but especially right now because there's so much momentum around bringing so many Swifties to the NFL. Okay, I was going to say no, but here's what I want to understand. Smalls, I need your help on this. All right, I'm here. What happens, what's the reaction if she's not there? Because CeCe and I are married. We try to be there for our wives as best as we can. If our wives have an event and we can't be there because we have a work conflict, it's not like there's trouble in the marriage or anything like that. Yeah. 
Nobody's evaluating our relationships like they are theirs. Yeah. What happens if she's not there? Does, does all hell break loose? No, it's Minnesota. You know, and it's not oh, as if she God. doesn't have anything oh, going on. Listen, oh. as a girl from the Midwest, the upper Midwest is where it's at. Minnesota, Wisconsin, doesn't sound like it, jewels on what you of our said. country. But does Taylor Swift view it that way is what I'm saying. She goes to support him on his home turf. She goes in New York, which is where she lives. Going to Minnesota is a whole nother thing. My question to you guys is, is what if she shows up in Minnesota and the Chiefs lose? That's that's also a risk, you know. You that keep, she becomes a jinx. I don't think that I, it's never the woman's You're the fault. One who brought but it up. I'm just saying, don't you think that's what people would start talking about? If you go on the road, a team that you're supposed to beat in yeah. the Vikings that that seemingly is an easy-ish win based on record, and if she's there, but then does she get credit for the previous wins? Then, if we're going to blame her for a loss, we got to credit her for a that's win. That's right. Well, then our fans thinking she's been in the house two weeks in a row. They've won. She needs to keep it going. Now, now here's the thing: they they've beaten the Bears and the Jets. So it's like not like they're going through murderers' row. But if they do lose, it's interesting. If they do lose to the Vikings. Do NFL fans and Chiefs fans turn on the Swifties? Oh, that would be quite that, the battle. That, I mean, would, they, would they have beef? Wow. We can you add it to the list. The Chiefs can beat everyone, anyone, at any point. They're that good. But Taylor Swift's appearances have made us realize how easy the Chiefs' schedule seems yeah. to be. Right. <laughs> Where did this come from? All of a sudden, the Chiefs have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Coming up, the Justin Fields show, He's the Guy. We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.